On this episode, we discuss The Nutcracker and The Four Realms. Based on the ballet of the same name, except for the Four Realms part, which is admittedly a kind of unnecessary piece of world building when you already have the rich world of ballet. Welcome to the Flophouse. I'm Dan McCoy. Hey, Dan. I'm Stuart Wellington. Hey, guys. Elliot Kalen coming at you live from L.A., California. That's right. Los Strangeles, Hollyweird, where America makes its movies and moves its makeys. Guys, how are you? <laughs> makeys, the Tony Millionaire comic? <laughs> I guess so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, moves them to what? Greenlight Books? What's the... Yeah, what are we, what are we, what are we doing? Are? We're, putting, we're shipping them on a truck? Or? <laughs> yep, we are. It's a new printing and we got to move it out of here. <laughs> Well, that joke was for a very small subset of the audience, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Although a larger subset than for most things, since this is a podcast. Uh-huh. You're right. Probably we have more listeners who are aware of Tony Millionaire than, say, like the Big Bang Theory has viewers who are aware of Tony Millionaire. Uh-huh. Uh, but that being said, <laughs> this is a podcast. And you know what? <laughs> what? <laughs> it's supported. This sounds, this sounds like a very natural segue. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast is supported by listeners. Uh huh. Yeah. This is our second Max Fun Drive episode, asking you to become a supporter Me? of Maximum Fun. I believe you already are. But Stuart, I'm already so a supporter, off, and my wife is also a supporter. Hey, but you guys could also both upgrade your supportership That's... by advancing to another level of support. Dan. Talk a little bit about Max Fun. What is it? What does it do? Why are we driving it? And where are we driving it to? Okay, well, <laughs> is it is that what we're driving all these Maki's books around with? <laughs> Maximum Fun uh, is a podcasting network with TK shows on it. <laughs> I think around forty. I'm not really sure how many, but uh, I tried to count them up. But there's some of them are defunct, so it's a hard thing to figure out. But there's okay. a lot of them. Seems like again, let's steer back onto the main, <laughs> the main drive. No, here. no, no, no. Let's get in the weeds and, and work this out. <laughs> but it's a great network. It's helped I us. Like, I feel like we were about to get on the highway, and then Dan immediately just like <laughs> cut the wheel over onto a dirt road, going to maybe an abandoned farmhouse in the distance. Uh. <laughs> it was like. Oh, we're going to make it. We're going to go to Legoland. Uh, wait, let's go see if Jeepers Creepers is around. <laughs> I certainly hope not. I don't care for those movies <laughs> or the <a> director. <laughs> Look, it's a great network. Uh, its motto, comedy and culture, uh, is is a true thing. It brings you lots of comedy, brings you lots of culture. Yep. Brings a right. lot, lots of <laughs> culture me, lots of uh, calmer. But the point is, we did a lot of uh, benefits from being part of the network. It's helped us grow our audience a lot. It's helped us uh, get uh, money to keep going uh, through donor drives like this one and through advertisers. And we come to you once a year to help support our show and help support the network in general. And monthly memberships, though, mostly go to supporting us, uh, the people that you're listening to right now. And you know, part of why I think it's great to become – a supporter of these shows as I am, as the rest of us are, is that it helps you kind of feel, I don't know, like a little ownership over the show, something that you enjoy, something that you has become part of your life. You can help keep going. And you also get uh, almost some like great a shareholder. Pledge gifts. 
Yeah, you're so like well, when you when you send us a tweet uh, or whatever or a letter correcting us or telling us that we're big old dummies. Mm-hmm. Uh, now you feel like we should <laughs> listen to you. Yeah, and I like yeah. to think of the, lis- the listeners more as silent partners. Oh, okay. And this and this organization, our listeners really feel differently, Dan. They prefer to be quite vocal, and I appreciate them that way. You know what? Be vocal with your free speech, and according to the Supreme Court, money is a form of free speech. And so, why not become a supporter to the Max Fund Drive and to this very podcast, the Flophouse Podcast? Hey, there's a lot of great uh, donor gifts you get from donating. With a five dollar uh-huh. monthly membership, you get uh, access to all of the exclusive bonus content. Mm-hmm. There's a, a Stuff secret that is too hot for TV. Yeah, there's a secret <laughs> bonus feed with bonus content. Con- content from all of the shows. There's over 200 hours of it at this point. At $10 monthly membership, you get a drive exclusive enamel pin designed by Megan Lynn Cott. You can, uh, there's a design for every Max Fun show. You can choose your favorite. The Flophouse pin is a cute cat. Looks like Archie. Uh, looks more like my dead cat, Lulu. But thanks for bringing that up, Elliot. Uh, I don't believe I did, Dan. The <laughs> $20 monthly membership, you get a lovely puzzle. That is uh, the view from Max Fun HQ in LA. Thirty-five dollars. Yeah. American Cement Building. Mm-hmm. So, like, you can do that. You can grab a uh, grab a little puzz, glass of Malbec or something. <laughs> yeah. Sit out on your veranda or your uh, Florida room and just fucking tear it up. Mm-hmm. Go out yeah, your just, gazebo. <laughs> do just get on the lanai. <laughs> yeah. Like a golden girl. <laughs> yep. Uh, $35 a month, you get a great glass coffee mug engraved with the MaxFun Rocket logo. Listen, there's uh, higher levels that we don't want to ignore because we would love you to give more money if you feel like you can. But uh, we'll get into that later on in the show. Um, hey, why not just why not just contribute? Why not? <laughs> <laughs> How's that for a pitch? Hey, why yeah. not? Because why not? it's there. <laughs> sure, no. So go to, why not go to MaximumFun.org slash donate and do that. Okay, Dan, but this is not a this is not a donation podcast, uh-huh. right? What do we do on this podcast normally? Let's take the hat that we had passed around for donations, put it back on our heads. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All the money falls out onto the floor. Let's put mm-hmm. pick it up and put it in our pockets. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh this is a podcast, I said it before, where we watch a bad movie and yep. then we talk about it. Yep. Okay. And okay, this time around, Elliot chose the movie and I am Dying to understand why he picked this one. Elliot, Elliot Kalen, original nutty buddy. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay, that's what it says on my uh, on my business card and also in my government file. Original nutty buddy. <laughs> Elliot picked a movie that slid off my brain as I was watching it. So I'm curious to hear what he has to say about it. So maybe this movie, this so this was the Nutcracker and the Four Realms. Maybe this movie, I think I have two reasons, Dan, why it stuck in my mind as existing. When I think I had to repeatedly tell Dan beforehand that this was a movie. And he kept mm-hmm. saying, yeah, I'd never heard of it. I'm like, that's fine. That's cool. But why don't we watch it? Yeah, I'm just saying I'd never heard of it. I didn't know it existed. I know, Dan. That's great. I know you're too hip to know about ballet movies. I get it. You're so cool. You don't know that stuff. I mean, I think my well, argument is more that I'm pretty plugged into movies. So if anyone <laughs> should have known that the well, thing existed. You, you Dan, Dan is extremely online. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> that's true. Yeah, he really is. He, uh, so I'm a tastemaker and an influencer, Elliot. Uh-huh. Uh, you're both of those things? Yeah. I'm also a fresh maker. A, <laughs> I was just about to ask if you were a fresh maker also. Now, Dan, are you brisk? <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. All right. 
You stop I making me Dan, spit out my drinks and uh... <laughs> did man do a did did a spit take? Okay, so Nutcracker Four Realms. I think there's two reasons that stuck in my mind. One, Dan Stu, you guys don't have kids. I'm a I'm exposed to a lot more children's entertainment than you are, uh-huh. and this seemed to be advertised all over the place. And number two, I am, as Stuart said, an original nutty buddy. When I was a kid, my grandmother would take my family to see the Nutcracker at the New York Ballet every year yeah. around holiday time. That was the big Hanukkah present for my family, was to go see a Christmas-themed ballet. Uh, But uh, I really loved it. I've always really loved the Nutcracker. At a certain point, my cousins and my siblings said, are we really going to see the Nutcracker every year? And they made my grandmother start taking us to other things. But I've always loved the Nutcracker. And so when I saw that they were making what was basically like what seemed to be a like epic fantasy quest battle movie – out of the Nutcracker, I was like, I've got to take a stand. This is ridiculous. The same mm-hmm. way that yep. I regret we didn't cover the Alice in Wonderland movies when yeah. those came out because the idea of Alice in Wonderland being repurposed as a Lord of the Rings type story really offends me in a certain way. Mm-hmm. It's just so outside the core. The same way that like anytime that there's like a gritty, like violent version of Alice in Wonderland where it's like Alice is in an insane asylum and all the characters are assassins. Like I don't like that stuff either. Uh so I was like, the Nutcracker, they're going to do that to sorry, the Nutcracker. I'm sorry, i got to write these notes down real quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Thanks, Elliot. Doesn't. No. Mental <laughs> Hospital, mm-hmm. 13 ghosts. Okay. okay. <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember saying anything about the number of ghosts. but uh, so <laughs> when, so when the I saw, scariest number of ghosts. I mean, if you're so going to have a collection it, of ghosts, you you could have 12, but then like, why not just add another fucking mm-hmm. ghost? Well, like, call wouldn't, for, a baker's wouldn't 14, <laughs> wouldn't 14 ghosts be scarier because it's one more ghost? No, I mean, there's a diminishing returns kind of thing that goes you on. Know, <laughs> you know, I, uh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't think about that, but I do think 14 is probably scarier than 13. It's not like, thank you. Like if it was like 14,000, yeah, like that's just a wall <laughs> of ghosts. Like you can't see the forest or the ghosts at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's, at that point, you're like, how many ghosts are there? Can everyone please be quiet so I can count the ghosts? You want enough ghosts that you can kind of count them in maybe one or two passes, right? Yeah. The other thing, though, is there's only 13 really scary ghosts in the world. Uh, okay, okay name like, Hitler. What, John Wilkes Booth? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Je- what, Jeff- Jeffrey Dahmer? Jack uh-huh. the Ripper? Uh, uh, who else? Mr. Rogers. There are things about him that you do not know. Oh, Dan, wow. That I is just fin- not going to liter- <laughs> win you any I literally, <laughs> literally yesterday just finished reading The Good Neighbor, the biography of Fred Rogers. There is nothing about him that, that I didn't – that uh, I was unhappy to learn about. Okay, good. Except – uh, one thing. Uh, one oh no. terrifying thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, what were we saying about the Nutcracker? Anyway, so the Nutcracker. So I was, so I was like, I got to see what they do with this, with this story. How they screw it up by making it into like a fantasy quest. So that's why I wanted to do it because I have a special place in my heart for the Nutcracker. I, I listen to its music fairly frequently. I like to sing the music along to my kids, and it really irritates them. I'll just go, but. I'll do I went through that period that everyone goes through when you're a nutty buddy where you find the Arabian dance to be very boring as a kid and then as an adult you're like oh this is maybe the most beautiful song in the entire show you know all that stuff so anyway the Nutcracker in the Four Realms should we talk about what happens in it uh, please. I mean, we get now, some time are you to guys, deal, right? Are, are you guys familiar with the original story of the Nutcracker in the in the original ballet? Uh, so, like, this this kid gets a Nutcracker, right? Yes. And, uh, she goes to bed, 
And then Nutcracker comes alive. Well, her like little brother breaks that shit, right? Yeah. Her little her her little brother breaks it. She has And an there's a rat or a, king. Well, okay. But they fight. <laughs> yeah, good enough. Okay. <laughs> Keep going. And um and the whole second act actually happens after they defeat the rat king or something like yes. that. It's the like a weirdly is- unbalanced ballet because then they just celebrate for a long time the second act is literally just them sitting and watching dances for a long time okay. they go and <laughs> so the uh okay so not, so how are they going to turn that into a fantasy quest movie let's find out nutcracker in the four realms uh-huh. it's christmas in 19th century cgi london it's not a cgi movie but we have one of those flybys of a city where it's all computer graphics yeah. like everything looks yeah, very yeah. computery uh, but everyone is frolicking christmas in london oh what a joyous time it couldn't be better right guys Oh, it could uh, be. sure. I guess. Except there is a dead mom. We'll get to that in a second. We'll get to that. We're introduced to Clara, who's a girl who loves contraptions. Mm-hmm. She loves steampunk ge- cogs and gears. And yep. here's the thing: normally, like, I'd like, be like, she's like a Saruman. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know I about that. So. <laughs> she's like a regular Saruman. Yeah. Normally, uh, in this, I'd be like, ugh, enough of this. But there's actually the original Nutcracker story is all about automatons and things like that, so it fits. Okay. Uh, <laughs> So Clara, she and her brother make a mousetrap, like a Rube Goldberg-type mousetrap that actually ends the way the mousetrap ends in the game mousetrap with a net descending onto the mouse. And I'm mm-hmm. like, wait a minute. So is it implied that they invented the game mousetrap? That's a different movie. <laughs> yeah. Suddenly, it's like that Greg Kinnear movie where he invents the windshield wiper or whatever, and I'm like, am I supposed to care about this? Is that anyway, called Stroke of Genius or something like that? Yeah, it was called Scrote of Genius. It's about... <laughs> <laughs> about what? Yeah, about how on, he was sponging his scrotum down one day, and he's like, "Oh, I wonder what a good way to dry my scrotum would be." So he dry, invents a scrotum dryer, but then he realizes it would work much better on cars. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, probably. I mean, do th- That's probably. Do, wait, do you about, think yeah. a windshield wiper dries? <laughs> the I mean, it doesn't dry, but it wicks. It, w- it, w- it whisks away moisture. So you're saying that he was he was going through the methodical process all us men know of drying your scrotum. It takes forever, and he said, "There's got to be a better, quicker way." And he invented a kind of little wick, like a little John Wick that because <laughs> that he could use. You just squeegee it off, is what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, I mean. <laughs> Uh, a scrotum is uh, very. I mean, I, I feel like the natural cleaning product would be a long piece of flat rubber. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, what is this? He took he took a regular uh, straight razor or safety razor. What? He took the blade. He took the blade out and put rubber on the end of it, mm. and oh, they okay. turned it into like this little squeegee. Yeah. Okay. So that's Greg Kinnear, scrote of genius. Anyway, so uh, so uh, Clara has a brother, a sister, and a dead mom, and their dad. They're all sad. And their dad gives them their mother's final Christmas gifts to them. Clary gets a metal egg that has a keyhole in it, but no key. It's locked. What is she going to do? And now and father her, is her little Cla- brother yeah. gets Her little brother gets uh, some toy soldiers, and that kid fucking whips those out and starts <laughs> battling right away. I mean, instantly. Uh, right He's after like, a kid to- after my own heart, you know? He's like, toy soldiers, cool. They've surrounded us. Ah, ah, get them. Bah, bah, bah. And I'm like, how do they even get into this battle? Where is he fighting? What's going on? <laughs> yeah, you got to set the scene, dude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, the older sister gets her mom's favorite dress. And there's this very creepy moment where she puts it on and she goes, how do I look to the dad? And the dad is like, uh, great. And it's just a very weird moment. Yeah. Also, it's a, Before it's a he starts dress. demanding dances. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the father is mad because Clara is too sad to keep up appearances at the Christmas Eve ball they're going to. She, he wants to have a dance with each of his daughters. And Clara is like, mm, I don't want to dance. It's just like uh, that song Fred Astaire sang about how he's not going to dance. Anyway, uh-huh. so 
they go where? Let's talk about the Christmas Eve parties at their godfather's house. Their godfather is Drosselmeyer. Uh-oh. He is. Describe him, Stuart, because I'm sure you thought he was pretty cool. Yeah, he's like a cool old wizard played by Morgan <laughs> Freeman with an owl friend like David Bowie in Labyrinth. And uh, he's got a bunch of fucking toys in his basement. And Stuart, like the opposite over? of an Aerosmith album. And because uh, <laughs> <laughs> the toys, because <laughs> they're not in the attic. Yeah. Or would it be, <laughs> would it be, what's the opposite of a toy? Like math like a tool i don't know (laughs) i don't know we'll we'll work it out i like Uh, i like the idea the idea that you're like he's the opposite of an aerosmith album and that he wears an eye patch whereas aerosmith does not wear eye patches and also he doesn't sing about love in an elevator whereas aerosmith does sing about love in an elevator it's a binary system We're given no evidence to believe that he has a drug habit of any kind whereas the aerosmith members had very bad drug habits although his workshop is filled with things that are crazy amazing mm-hmm. and uh afterwards i but, was crying <laughs> but all of his microphone stands have no scarves on them so oh, yes so this is like this is like a spot the difference game you would yeah, play exactly. in a bar yeah and uh, drosselmeyer is a kindly old godfather who cares about his charges as opposed to steven tyler who is a monster who did terrible things to a young woman when he was at the height of his fame yeah so just bring not talk about that. <laughs> Look, I just I just don't want to let Steven Tyler be a subject of fun without pointing out that he's a major criminal creep. Anyway, so Drosselmeyer, he's an inventor. He's got all this stuff. It turns out that he he raised Clara's mom when Clara's mom was a girl because I guess her parents died because in worlds of fantasy and whimsy, parents are always dying. Yeah. There's mm-hmm. no way to get around it. I'm sure there's been like some horrible story in a movie where like a kid watches all these video like sees all these movies about like orphans uh, having an amazing life and then just like kills their parents. That's got to be a horror movie somewhere, right? Yeah, yeah. I think it's called uh, uh, Kill Your Parents, the movie. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Solid improv from all of us. Uh, (laughs) Anyway. I'm amazed I I got through the studio system, but go on. (laughs) Yeah, it was made in 1943. That's the weird thing. And it stars Joan Fontaine. So uh, Drosselmeyer, he made that egg for Clara's mom. And he says, oh, you need a key for it. It's a very complicated lock, which Clara already knew because she's a because ma- Clara does machines just like Donatello. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now here's the thing. He doesn't say, oh, yeah, I made that egg. I can tell you what's inside it. He goes, oh, I made that for her. I guess you'll need the key to figure out the mystery. It's like, just tell her what's in the egg. Come on. Uh, he tasks his owl with keeping an eye on Clara while Clara goes to find this key. Uh, father's mad Clara's not dancing with him. Uh, mm-hmm. Then it's gift time. Drosselmeyer gives Fritz a nutcracker soldier, and Clara follows a string past owl wallpaper and turns into rat wallpaper and then back into owl wallpaper. Long, dark hallways that lead to a spooky tunnel, and this string leads her into a Narnia-like winter wonderland. Yeah, like like a weird anus in the wall, right, that turns into a tree. I guess. I mean, from the inside, it does look kind of like a like a pebbly anus. I guess. Yeah, sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's it's revealed to be a overturned tree trunk. But yeah, I guess the first thing you would assume is giant <laughs> anus. I guess that she's she's somehow crawling out of the back end of the sarlacc to get her to get her Christmas present. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, guys, uh, this movie we should mention it was co-directed by two people: uh, Lassie Hallstrom, <clears throat> who you may remember as the director of like. The Cider House Rules and uh-huh. What's Eating Gilbert Grape. And also, apparently, I didn't realize this till I learned today, almost all the ABBA music videos. So I don't oh, know wow. why he did. He should have directed Mamma Mia. And Mamma Mia, here I go again. 
Are he you didn't. saying it? Why are you saying it, Mamma Mia? Because he thinks it's about a mummy that found, like has three male suitors. I mean, <laughs> mummies are usually like ridiculously wealthy, right? Uh, I guess. I mean, if you count like being buried with a bunch of of, uh, of servants wealthy and stuff. I mean, usually it's rare that poor people are buried with a lot of gold and servants. Yeah. So yes, I think mummies are wealthy. So I can uh, see why the, why a mummy would have multiple uh, suitors. Is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and it was co-directed with him and Joe Johnston, who I guess they decided, we want you to bring the same level of excitement you brought to the Rocketeer and Captain America to this ballet movie. Uh, it's an interesting combination, and through much of the movie, I was trying to figure out who directed what. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm guessing Joe Johnston directed the effects parts. I gotta say, like, uh, maybe this is the right time to say it. Like, the look of this movie, I feel, is not bad. Like, no, I, It looks much better than I thought it was going to. Like, there's all these sort of generic uh, fantasy movies out there that rely heavily on CGI and mm-hmm. such. And a lot of this seems to be done with more, like, elaborate sets. And when it is CGI, it's not gaudy CGI. Like, it's a, it's a pretty movie. I found it very dull, but, it, like, the look of it is, is, is nice. Yeah, I feel like they, they don't too often throw – I mean, I – I could be wrong. Maybe I was looking at my phone, but I don't think too often they like throw big CGI scenes in your face and they're like expect the audience to just sit there and like in like amazement at the the thing playing out before their eyes, mm-hmm. which is one of those which is all too common where you're like, no, I, I get it. You can do that with computers now. It's a big deal. Like, it's not like you're showing me Mad Max Fury Road or something. Uh, now, here's the thing I'm going to here's the thing I'm going to say that might seem a little weird. I actually okay. found the colors in the movie to be much mo- more coherent yeah. than in a lot of movies I've seen lately, where it's like a lot of movies lately I feel like have been in that same, what's that color palette that everybody uses now, where it's like cyan and orange or something like oh, that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Where it's the, uh, it, I don't remember, what, I, I'm sure I got it wrong, tweet at me, at Elliot Kalen, correct me about the colors, mm-hmm. but the colors in this, it was like, oh, these feel like bright, like bold living colors, as opposed to just like... Here are four different colors, and we're just going to slather them everywhere, or like we're going to make it look really gloomy and dark. Like it's a color. It's like a, it is a pretty movie. So especially when it goes into this Narnia-like Winter Wonderland, I was like, oh, this actually looks like a pleasant place to spend a movie, as opposed to like, you know, uh, <clears throat> it doesn't look like it's made out of CGI candy or something like that. Okay. Anyway, she gets the key to this thing, but a mouse steals it. She chases the mouse until she finds a living Nutcracker soldier guarding the bridge to the fourth realm, which is at war <laughs> with the other three realms. And at this point, it's like, hold on, you're you're loading a lot of world building on me at this moment. Like, oh God, is, I guess I'll get out my source book on the four realms. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. The captain's name is Hoffman, a Philip nice Hoffman? Easter egg. Yeah, he's, he's named after <laughs> Philip Seymour Hoffman. Uh, it's probably, I assume it's a tip of the hat to E.T.A. Hoffman, the man who created the original short story about mm-hmm. the Nutcracker. But I maybe think it's, it's a reference to Philip Seymour Hoffman. And his, mm-hmm. I mean, his Phil, name is Who used a Nutcracker Hoffman, a lot right? to eat nuts. Because <laughs> 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 his name is Philip Hoffman, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she, he says, oh, you're a princess. Also, I have a horse named Jingles. This horse is not given the personality you'd expect a horse named Jingles to have. It, it never talks. It never dances. They just kind of, there's a part where it runs off and he goes coward. And then the horse comes back and I'm like, is that all we're going to get out of a horse named Jingles? Like you, you're, you're writing checks. Your, your body can't cash by naming this horse Jingles. I'm sorry. I expecting a lot more. 
They chase after the mouse. The mouse joins a big cloud of mice that form into a giant mouse king, uh-huh. uh, and and then it, and they run away from that too. Yeah, and, and the giant th- mouse king is like uh, a massive collection of mouse bodies, like in that Clyde Barker short story in the hills, the cities, or when Squirrel Girl makes squirrel armor out of a bunch of squirrels. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and it's a play, I guess, on the idea of a rat king. I mean, the mouse king in the Nutcracker often has multiple heads because it's playing off the idea of a. Rat King, which is you guys know, right? When a bunch when a bunch of rats get their tails all tangled together and they merge into one organism. Yeah, it's Dennis is, Duffy, dummy. Yeah, is that a <laughs> is that an actual thing? Because I only no, learned about it, it through Thirty Rock. <laughs> it is it is one of the it is one of the less impressive cryptids. It's like in cryptozoology, it's like Bigfoot, Loch Ness monster, Jersey Devil, Leatherman. Uh, yeah, and then you've got a bunch of rats got tied up together. <laughs> Like, okay, what are we gonna go out look for today? Are we going out for the Yeti? Are we going out for the um the uh for Champ, the 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 beast of Champ the of Cham- Lake Champlain? Uh, we're gonna look for a bunch of rats that got tied together by accident. I mean, it's a lot easier for carnival carnivals though. They can just like catch three rats and like get get like the horse face boy to tie their tails together, and then you the got a rat face boy. Hold on, are you talking about Jingles? Because that was a horse, Dan. <laughs> Do you think? Uh, do you think every time Xander Cannon's wh- whipping up a new uh, issue of Kaiju Max, he's going through his big book of cryptids and he gets to the Rat King <laughs> yeah. pages and just flips real quick? Yeah, he just is so many pages on Rat Kings. They're so just rats tied together. Mm-hmm. Although here's the thing: you know who tied those rats together? Go on, the God. Mothman. Oh, okay, the oh. Mothman. Oh, okay. Yeah. He was like, I prophecy that these rats will get tied together. And then he did it to himself. The, you know, he, he wore it down together and, and uh, somebody was like, Mothman, it doesn't count as a prophecy if you just do it afterwards. Like, that's called a promise. Yeah, and, then he, and then he goes, I prophesize my fist in your face. Do you think Do you think <laughs> there's a time where Richard Gere would walk down the street and people would be like, hey, Mothman. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, understandable mistake. I'm not actually the Mothman. I'm the man searching for the Mothman. <laughs> hey, you played Mothman, didn't you? Uh like most of America, I guess you didn't see that movie. It's not about a superhero. It's my favorite named superhero, Mothman. yeah. <laughs> Mothman! He's got the power to eat sweaters. Nope. That's not that's a power we all have if we try hard enough. <laughs> Allow me to demonstrate. And he dips a sweater into like tomato sauce and just slurps it down. It's like so because Dan, when you think about it. Is it a sweater, just a bunch of spaghetti tied together like a rat king? That's that's uh, that's absolutely true. I'm glad you chose tomato so- uh, like tomato sauce instead of soup because that would be the domain of the broth man. Oh. <laughs> mm, I refuse. <laughs> okay, so uh, they escape from the mouse king. Uh, they encounter Mother Ginger, which at this point seems to be a huge clockwork lady. Mm-hmm. Now, Mother Ginger, as you guys remember from the ballet, mm-hmm. right? She has a giant skirt, and her children live inside her skirt. So they made her an actual giant thing for this moment in the movie. Yeah, I'm into it. And it's a huge, everybody loves it every time you see the ballet when she opens her skirt and all the kids run out and dance, and then they run back into her skirt, and then she walks off again. <clears throat> huge applause moment. Guys, it's an iconic ballet moment. So I'm sure you were like, oh, that's how they're doing Mother Ginger in this, Yeah, I would right? like them to, I, when I when I saw it, I'm like glad they turned it into like a space orc gargant mech that is like <laughs> stomping around and shit. Yeah, uh, so they go to the, I guess the first realm, or it's like the, the castle where all the realms are ruled by, I don't know. And she's greeted by as a princess once she's introduced to the two comedy relief gatekeepers who the less said the better but they're kind of the uh c-3po and r2d2 of the movie and that uh-huh. they uh uh are 
I don't know, vaguely robots. I guess they're not. Anyway, she's introduced. <laughs> he threw that away awfully quick. She's into because there's really no, they're not comparable at all. RTG and C3PO are lovable, iconic characters, and he's just kind of two like doofs. Uh, she's introduced, and everybody has like weird hair and and mustaches, like they're in the capital in uh, Hunger Games or they're in the Emerald City or something. It's yeah, when yeah. you go to a fantasy world. Rule number one: Everyone's going to have weird facial hair. It just happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, Nothing said- that's the ultimate fantasy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I, was, yeah. I mean, it sort of is in a way. I was thinking, like, I saw like an old man on the uh, on like the TV recently. Like, he was like yeah. in a news <laughs> in a news report. He's just one uh-huh. of those guys you see in the back of a news report. You're like, yeah, yeah. I'd rather know what's going on with that guy because uh-huh, look at yeah. his facial hair. And I'm like, man, I can't wait till I'm an old guy so I can have crazy <laughs> facial hair. I mean, you could do that now, Dan. You no. just also have to wear suspenders and be a mixologist. Yeah, that's the problem. Yeah, I don't yeah. want to be that guy. I want to be the old guy with the facial hair. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Are uh, you sure? You, are you sure that old guy wasn't just David Crosby? <laughs> <laughs> I think you're, you're referring, Dan. I think you're talking about the the uh, the classic song, "Old Man, Look at My Facial Hair." I am a lot like you. Yeah. I mean, if you look at history books, man, uh-huh. if you see all these pictures of the old fuckers, and they're they're all over the place, man. It's crazy. That's one of my favorite history books is Old Fuckers, <laughs> volume one through ten. No, I mean, I am currently, I've been working on this for a long time. I'm, I'm still working on my screenplay about Chester A. Arthur, and every time I'm, like, flagging on it, I look at his facial hair, and I'm like, I gotta do this for you. I gotta do it for you. Yeah. Uh, okay, so... Uh, they inter- they're introduced to the regents of the other realms. There's the regents of the realm of regent of flowers, regent of ice, and regent <clears throat> of sweets. And so the now regent of we got some star power at this point. Oh yeah, because yeah. Richard E. Grant is the regent of ice, right? Uh-huh. And Kira Knightley is the Richard re- regent of sweets. And I don't know who played the flowers. Well. Uh, it's what's uh, it's what's his name? The guy from uh, the remake of Overboard. I feel like I had who's been in a ton of shit. Um, is it Eugenio? It's uh, yeah, Eugenio Derbez. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and that guy's like a huge movie star. I mean, he yeah, is. Sure. Like, yeah, I he mean, is. he's not. He's not here nightly. No, that's true. I I was kind of happy to see Karen Knightley because I felt like I haven't seen her in a while, guys. Yeah, yeah. It's a well, time you should to call her up, Dan. She's she's been asking about what's, you. What's KK been up to? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, <laughs> and you know what, Richard Richard E. Grant, man, he's just loving it. Oh, he's yeah. great. I mean, in the same year that he's nominated for an Academy Award for. Uh, what I thought was the best supporting performance of the year, and can can you yeah, uh, ever great. forgive me? He also gets to put a bunch of ice on his face and be <laughs> basically Jack Frost. Yeah, I mean, I'm a, I do kind of want to check in on him because uh, Babs just got canceled for saying that fucked up shit. But you yeah, know, it's okay. Yeah. It's, it, well, he, he's probably okay, and he's a huge Babs head. Yeah. But uh, so here's the thing that here's a, a moment I had where I was like, so anyway, uh, it was I w- it was there was a moment where I was like, oh, these are big stars, but. I realized what a thin line it is between iconic fantasy character design and kind of silly, ridiculous fantasy character design. And these designs are not bad. They're pretty good. But like I think in my head like there's like the Scarecrow and the Tin Man from Wizard of Oz are mm-hmm. so iconic and seem so perfect to me. Yeah. And yet what is the difference between them and Richard E. Grant with a bunch of fucking icicles hanging all over his face <laughs> and from his fingers? And his fingers are long. <laughs> and yep. And his long icicle fingers, like, there's a world where that becomes an iconic character that is merchandised like crazy. But, I mean, like, what is so much better about a scarecrow with straw coming out of him now, than an ice man with icicles coming out of him? Dan, but, explain. Well, I don't have an explanation, but the way you're describing Richie Grant made me like to imagine that the way the makeup people did it is they just, like, sprayed a hose on Richie Grant. And they're like, uh, go stand outside for a while, Richard. And he's like, uh, I'm an iconic character actor. Uh, I'm not going to stand outside 
until icicles form on my on my face and like and you do is, it for your art. This is California. <laughs> <laughs> it's not nearly cold enough. Joe Johnson was like, "Don't make me get Captain America to beat you up with his shield." Mm-hmm. And Richard E. Grant's like, "It's a fictional character." And then Chris Evans shows up with that shield and is like, "No, we've been cut. We've become one. Mm-hmm. I need to. I need to take you down." Jack Frost or whatever, With and then nail. it becomes the the fight we've always wanted to see in the comics of Captain America versus Captain Cold, and mm-hmm. you're like, but he's a Flash villain. I know that's why I want to see it so badly. Yeah. So. So there's all right. Four, so anyway, there's, there's four realms. There's, th- there's, there's four realms. There's Candyland. a region for each realm. <laughs> <laughs> Candyland. There's the realm of Parcheesi. sweets, the realm of flowers, the realm of ice, and Parcheesi, and the and the realm of amusements because it's divided into the things kids love most: games. Candy, flowers, and ice. <laughs> All the things kids love. Uh, I mean, kids love to, do love to chew on ice. but so. And Mother Ginger was, was the regent of amusements, and she tried to take over the other realms. And now it's a war between them. And uh, Keira Knightley's character is really scared. She doesn't know what to do. Her name is Sugar Plum, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Like the Sugar Plum fairies. Uh, and time moves differently in this realm. It moves faster. So she can have this whole adventure... And it's just gonna. She can go back to the Christmas Eve party anyway. No, that's great. She gets a. She get. She's a princess, so she gets a makeover from Sugar Plum. She has a coming out ball, and they watch a ballet starring famous ballet dancer Misty Copeland. Mm-hmm. Uh, about uh, that basically tells the story of her mom's discovery of the four realms and using a machine called. And, oh, so anyway, I'll get to that. So, and this is basically just kind of parts of the Nutcracker in a way, but uh-huh. the way they do it is kind of neat. I like the way they had the, the sets kind of folding out and everything like that. Yeah, uh, I like the uh, I like the little uh, stage that the the floor that she's dancing on where the, you know, like flowers are blooming and shit. Yes, and also it's like much of the Nutcracker, as we said, is just them sitting and watching dances. <clears throat> so it's like, okay, they managed to incorporate that. And we learn how Mother Ginger, she took on, she with her clockwork mice, uh, that how took over the fourth realm and, and made everything bad happen. <clears throat> Now, here's where the movie took a turn I didn't care for quite as much. Similar we to learned- the keys turning in the back of the mice dancers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, is that she then goes, now all of us were toys and we were brought to life by a machine your mom invented called the engine. And we need a special key to use the engine to make an army of soldiers to defeat Mother Ginger. But Mother Ginger has the key because that mouse stole it. And I'm like, ugh, like, okay, too that much all, origin. That all like, sounds I- right. I just want a magic world where magic things happen. Like, I don't need you to explain how these characters came to life. Like, come on, Dan, I, you, I see you looking skeptical. Did you like all this, all this origin story stuff? Uh, it's as if you're telling it to me for the first time, Elliot. <laughs> now, I know you told me you were folding laundry, I think, while it, you were. I was. You were watching this. So tell me about the laundry that it was so engrossing that you were unable to pay attention to the movie <laughs> well, while you were folding Dan, your clothes. It's Dan's uh, side gig, his side hustle, is he folds laundry for people. Mm-hmm. And his, I, his boss doesn't <laughs> like him watching movies while he does it, so he had to do it on the sly. Yeah, I was oh, I watching see. it. I was actually watching the movie on one of those laundromat uh, televisions that oh, they so have. Oh, so you couldn't even hear anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Every once in a while, I'd get a snatch of, like, score. And that was all I heard. So I was uh, now. Yeah. Here's, here's the thing. I imagine you because I imagined you <coughs> like you you have a you have a button down shirt and you're like, ah, oh, how to fold this without wrinkles? This will be a devilish dance. This will take all of my cunning and focus. 
Uh, I yep. have a, it appears I have a nut to crack. How to keep the crease perfect in these slacks. Hmm, well, well. I think you've met your match, Dockers. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was a combination between the laundry and the fact that it's possible there have been few films we've watched that I found less interesting than this one. Okay, Dan, can I say my other thing that I thought you were going to say? Yes. Yeah. Please. Mm, cargo shorts. Well, you will car go into the drawer. <laughs> <laughs> I resent the implication that I have any cargo shorts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sorry. I was thinking about when my brother it, folds his It was clothes. from that uh, Guy Fieri Halloween costume you made last oh, okay. year. <laughs> Yo, which you continue to launder and, and keep folded just in case. Something, just in case a crime break, breaks out and you have to go fight it as Fieri That's, guy. I, yeah, I actually put those behind uh, a glass case on the, on the wall that says, in a case of emergency, break glass. Yeah. yeah. In case of donkey sauce, break glass. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Fla- Flavor Town uh, is safe. So uh, Clara has kind of a dream memory about her mother telling her, you're unique and everything you need is inside this egg. Uh, And it's unclear to me if her mother discovered the realms or made them, whatever. She was the queen of the realms, then disappeared. Clara goes out. She sees a shooting star, feels a breeze, and an owl hoots at her. Mm. And she's like, you're right. I do need to go to the fourth realm. Thanks, dead mom. (laughs) I was like, okay, so just anything that happens is a sign from your mom, I guess. Uh Uh-huh. they go to the fourth. She and uh, Hoffman, the uh, Nutcracker soldier, they go to the fourth realm. It's all spooky clowns, statues, and old carousels. Uh, Clara gets captured and taken into the giant clockwork Mother Ginger mech, so some nested doll clowns can jump around and be all hyperactive. In what I guarantee you, if my son had watched the movie with me, would have been the scariest scene in the movie for him. Because it's literally these clowns are just jumping in front of the camera, making their face go too close to the lens, and you're like, "What is this? The Greatest Showman? Like, what's with all these <laughs> creepy dancing clowns? Like, what's going on?" Yeah, and I kind of like the uh, the weird body horror stuff of the clowns being kind of like uh, Russian nesting dolls, and like their bodies flipping open at a hinge, and other little guys jumping out of them. That was pretty cool. Yeah, it was actually kind of neat. It would have been great if it was supposed to be scary, but I'm not sure it's supposed to. And. uh Clara meets the real Mother Ginger, played by everyone's favorite, Helen Mirren. Mm-hmm. Uh, Who looks very nonplussed to be in this movie. <laughs> uh, yeah, she's she doesn't seem like she's really that excited. Similar to uh, Morgan Freeman, who is like, actually, I thought gives one of his more naturalistic recent performances because mm-hmm. he doesn't seem to care very much. So he, he doesn't pour on the full... Andy Dufresne crawled through so many mm-hmm. miles of shit and mud that I don't even want to think about it. Mm-hmm. Like that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, She's uh, she's like, give me. Uh, she, Clara's like, give me the key, and Mother Ginger's like, no, no, you don't understand. We're all in danger. But uh, Clara gets the key. She inserts it in the egg and reveals a chicken fetus. A, stu- oh. a, a, ch- a chicken fetus that she gobbles on down. <laughs> and they're like, no, no, you're just supposed to eat the yolk. The yolk is the chicken fetus's food. She's like, I don't get it. It's an egg. I don't know. I'm a kid. I don't know about eggs. <laughs> no, what did she reveal? Sorry. She reveals it's a music box, just like in that episode of The Simpsons where Homer and Lisa go to the museum and they see that Egyptian egg that turns out to be a music box. So, yes, the Nutcracker in the Four Realms is stealing plot points from episodes of The Simpsons. Look, we've all done it. Uh, And Clara's like, what the fuck? It's just a fucking music box? Like, what is this shit? Like, she's really disappointed. (laughs) I would love it if that was the literal, this is a big, big family Disney movie, and then, like, it's been played totally straight until then, and what the fuck, what the fuck is this? Fuck it, my fucking mom, what the, Mm -hmm. who the shit? She gets super blue, it's awesome. And and Hoffman, the Nutcracker soldier, is like, "Uh, Clara, I think we should control ourselves, and she's like, cram it, ass face. (laughs) Let's get out of here. Jingles, you're with me. We're going back to my realm. Yeah. But anyway, so 
she's like, I don't think I can do this. Hoffman gives her a pep talk, and she's like, okay, I can do it. So she had her character crisis of faith in 20 seconds, and it's all over. Uh, meanwhile, she brings the key back, and Sugar Plum uses the key to bring a nor- these big toy soldiers to life. Uh-oh, she takes over. She's really the bad guy, and she wanted the soldiers because she wanted to take over the realms. And she had cast out Mother Ginger for wanting to stand up to her evil plans. Were you guys surprised by this amazing twist? I mean, I think it's I think it's a good uh, good lesson to teach kids about how uh, you shouldn't, you know, with complex political structures, you shouldn't just, like, jump in there and start making crazy decisions, dude, you know? <laughs> That's right. It's true. Kids should not help uh, a coup happen. Exactly, man. It's a good point. It's, I was just going like, to say, it's never the, trust it's, Kira Knightley is a good lesson. Like, stay, KK, stay away. That's what I tell my yet. kids. Wait, what did you say, Stuart? Sorry. I'm just saying it's the small folk who suffer when you play the game of, game of Thrones, you know? Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah, in this case. Copyright Stuart. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you coined that? I didn't realize yeah. that. Uh. So, yeah, so it's a good yeah, lesson. Can you send this podcast back in time? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I Yes, I have that technology, but I'm trying to make money off of a podcast. Yeah, watch, <laughs> watch Primer a couple more times and figure that shit out. Okay. Yeah, you just, all you got to do is go to a, like a storage locker and crawl into a box and you go back in time. Remember? Just like mm-hmm. in Primer. Yeah. Uh, now, Stuart, if you found yourself in a yesterday type scenario where you fell into a parallel universe where George R. R. Martin did not exist, uh-huh. would you write those books and take all the credit? I don't know. That's uh, man. What an ethical uh, question. Uh, I think that would be better served as a plot point on NBC's The Good Place, starring me now. <laughs> what? Uh, okay. Which character? <laughs> it's, oh, wait, which character an, are you? Cheaty. I mean, cheaty, I, right? I think I'm pretty sure I I've established I'm more of a Jason. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Dan, I see you as more of a Ted Danson demon type. Oh, oh wow, yeah. that's very uh, that's really charitable because I assumed he was a cheaty. Yeah, I, I would certainly much more. I would rather be a Ted Danson. I mean, He's so I don't charming. Know. You're you're about as buff as cheaty, right? You're sitting here with oh, a yeah. shirt on and you're just ripped. <laughs> yeah, surprisingly ripped. <laughs> and and I ripped my pants. And Elliot is because uh, I was fat. <laughs> Elliot was giving me such a look of disdain just, and confusion. I didn't know where this went. I was like, he ripped his pants like the Incredible Hulk. Dan, you're not that ripped, okay? <laughs> Even Cheaty is not Incredible Hulk ripped. Come on. Oh God. I don't know. He's pretty good. Um. Oh God. Uh, okay, I mean, so. he's he's not a Rokusaki, but he's pretty shredded. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, let's uh, continue with this. So uh, she said she's like, lock them up to uh, Clara and Hoffman. And she also she can use the machine to turn people back into toys. Uh oh. And what? And Clara's like, uh oh. I have to believe in myself. My mom said everything I need is inside. She meant inside me, not inside some crazy egg. And it's like, yeah, of course, dude. Like, what? What did you think your mom was hiding inside this egg that she wouldn't just give to you? Like, <laughs> like a big I don't gun. understand. <laughs> It's just a big gun inside the egg. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's just basically all the, the bad end guys. Of wizards. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's just a grenade inside. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so she finally figures out. I, I need to trust in myself. Clara and Hoffman. They escape. They're sneaking around the toy soldiers. A mouse helps them out, and uh, Hoffman <laughs> goes to warn Mother Ginger. While Clara goes to the engine room via a water wheel. Uh, mm-hmm. to try to shut it down. Uh, Mother Ginger's clowns and her big mech, they're fighting the toy soldiers. Clara ends, manages to shut off the power to the engine, and she's fighting the soldiers amazingly well. She's like Hannah. She's like, knows all this kung fu, and she's like... Yeah, they're are- also super slow, though. That's true. 
they're not very good toy soldiers. No, like she's it's just like the, she she's hugging the body, dodging around. It's like a like a Dark Souls. Like just avoid the slow slashes, and you'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mother Ginger shows up to help Clara out with a whip, which is not, I believe, part of. The, I can't remember if there's a whip in the original ballet or not. Maybe I can only is. I can only assume. But I, maybe they were thinking of the ballet Indiana Jones and the Four Realms. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> Hoffman and the Mouse King turn up. They uh, team up together because Mother Ginger's mice, it turns out, are the good guys. And who's, and, uh, sh- and there's like a hero mouse. It's what, like Mouse Winks? What's his name? His name is like is like Mouse Ranks or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I couldn't tell if that was the name of the mi- mouse or what they just called all mice in the realms. I don't know. Were this they, guy's got some, he's got some sass. Oh, yeah. He's got real attitude and ratitude. Like mm-hmm. he's a real, if he was a rescue ranger, well, he'd be, he'd be Dale or Chip. He wouldn't be the mouse, Monterey Jack, because he's not interested, he's not a, pilot who eats cheese all the time what was monterey jack's deal dan yeah uh yeah he was really into cheese mm-hmm. uh Go like on. zipper was his buddy right like they came oh, together yeah, the they were like yeah they were kind of a duo mm-hmm. yeah uh that's they were lovers yeah all i remember about he was very loud i think i think if he, i think if there was like cheese behind a wall he would like break through the wall to get to it or something that would be like a useful use of his cheese fixation yeah, okay. yeah. He's like an ally okay. in a video game where you yeah. can summon him and he'll break down walls for you. That's now, all I the, got. The girl who fixed things, was she called Gadget? She was or? called Gadget. Yeah, don't, don't okay. Google. Do not Google Do not that. Google. Okay, don't Google Gadget. A phrase which would, to anyone living 30 years ago, be the most insane gibberish. <laughs> <laughs> all right. There was a, I don't know if you guys, do you guys remember when, uh, there was, when, uh, when CISO still existed, I hosted yeah. a, I was, I, I did a Q and A with the McElroy brothers about their show on it. And I asked them a question about like, do you think anyone, do you, when you hear, what do you think someone will hear someone else say, Hey, have you seen Mabim Bam on CISO? And they'll think that they've had a stroke and they can't understand language <laughs> <No>. anymore. <laughs> so anyway, uh, this is the point in the movie where the bad guy gets very quippy, and it happens also in Tim Burton's Sleepy Hollow and in a bunch of other movies where suddenly the bad guy starts making like puns, and you're like, this oh, yeah. has never been a part of their character, Diamond. Were they hiding it all this time because they assumed if people knew they made puns, they'd know they were bad guys? Yeah. Like, what do you guys think? You're like, wow, Keira, it- Keira Knightley's making a meal out of this one. Yeah, she's <laughs> I mean, hamming it up. Here's the thing. Keira Knightley also, like, she's really selling this role hard. Like, every yeah. word gets its own inflection. She's really embodying this evil sugar plum fairy. I was going to save it till Final Judgments, but that's one of the things, like, other than the, the way the movie looks, one of the things I liked about this movie was Keira Knightley. Because, mm-hmm. like, she doesn't usually get to do this kind of shit. She has to be kind of like the demure, like, restrained w- woman in, like, a, a uh, like a period piece or something yeah, like that. period but piece domino. She is going totally nutso in this role and having a ball, and I kind of enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. She hasn't been able to let loose like this since she made A Dangerous Method, where it was like, yeah, you're a, you're a crazy person. Just go nuts. Like, just yeah. go crazy. So, okay. Uh, and I know I shouldn't say crazy. That's not, that's a derogatory uh, <coughs> term. Anyway, uh, she captures Ginger and... Uh, Clara says to Sugar Plum Fairy, she's like, I know you're mad and you're sad that my mom died. I am too, but you don't have to do this. And then it turns out she's just distracting her because she rigged the machine to turn Sugar Plum back into a doll. You don't, and for some reason, you don't think this, she was like giving her an out? Like she's like, this is your last chance before I, I mean, basically that, kill you. That too, I think. I think that's that. But but she didn't take. And also she's talking out her own feelings. Mm-hmm. It's a movie. For some reason, when the Sugar Plum Fairy turns into a doll, all the toy soldiers just stop. 
Uh, when was it? A, it was never really established. I think that they have a psychic link with her. It's more like the movie just needs them to be done, you know. Yeah. Uh, so they don't have to go scour the shire of of the remaining toy soldiers that are on the loose, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Clara, everything's okay now. Hoffman becomes named captain of the guard. Now, unfortunately, the realms are in the hands of Flower Man and Ice Man, and thankfully, Mother Ginger, the only one who has her shit together, is there to like keep mm-hmm. everybody in line. I guess. Uh, Clara goes back to Christmas Eve at Drosselmeyer's place. Mm-hmm. And uh, she tells uh, – she sees her dad, and her dad apologizes, and her dad says – oh, no, no, sorry. She, he apologizes, then he's like, can I still get that dance? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> before that, I forgot. She said to Drosselmeyer – oh, uh, she, Drosselmeyer's like, you feeling better? Because, of course, he, his owl's been watching all this. And she's like, yeah. And Drosselmeyer says, your mom said that you were her greatest creation, which is like, she has two other kids. Like, it's kind <laughs> of a know. shitty thing to yeah. say. Yeah. Like if I was if I if like it should have no cut to him like looking at the at the other two kids and be like fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Your mom had some choice words about you two dumb bits. Like come on. <laughs> so the uh, uh, and she sees her dad. And her dad apologizes and she apologizes and he says, "Can I have that dance?" And they dance to the music box egg and the other kids join in dance too. And then uh, the credits are just dancing and you see misty copeland dancing ballet and then it's like wait a minute this is a modern movie kids don't want to see ballet they want to see break dancing so it's just to the nutcracker music it's a bunch of people dancing break dancing and occasionally shots of misty copeland like looking on in amazement at what the things their bodies can do and it's like you're one of the greatest dancers in the world like why are you shocked that they could do these things i don't know it's yeah, yeah, dancing. yeah. Instead, yeah, the uh, the the cast is performing volk from suspiria <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, so okay, and that's well, the Nutcracker and the Four Realms. Yeah, that's the Nutcracker in a nutshell. I'm Dan McCoy. Also, if you uh, TM, TM. if you don't if Dan if you guys didn't like it and you didn't finish it, you can return any unviewed realms to the to the manufacturer oh, for a partial <laughs> refund. Uh, so that was that was great. Uh, let's do our final judgments. Whether this was a good, bad movie, a bad, bad movie, or a movie kind of liked, I've already said the two things I liked about it. Otherwise, it bored me to tears, and I thought it was bad. Hey, guys, do you think uh, the people of uh, the Sugar Land uh, are going to have to elect a new leader in place of Sugar Plum, or are they going to be, is it going to be dissolved into the other realms? Uh, it'll dissolve just because they'll just pour water on it. It's just sugar. Oh. Hey, you know, you know, <laughs> you know how you get to the Sugar Land? Uh, the, no. Sugarland the Sugarland Express. Express. Okay, yeah. Uh, so, Stuart, what did you think? Because I have an answer that may shock and surprise you guys. You know, uh, it was kind of boring, but it looked it looked all right, and it it went along pretty quickly. So I'll say, but it's not like like a fun, goofy movie that, of course, stars the character Goofy mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, his son. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I guess I guess I'd say it's a it's like a mixed bad bad because I don't think it's it's actually that bad, um, but I don't think it really fits into any of the other categories. I guess it's closer to like between bad bad movie I kind of liked. So that's the thing. I'm gonna have to say that this was for me a sincere movie I kind of liked. It wasn't great, and maybe it's because I was so ready to hate it because uh-huh. I was like I was so worried that there was gonna be a scene <clears throat> where there was like an army of sugar plum fairies and an army of r- mice that run at each other. Uh, mm-hmm. classic fantasy army style, and that never happened. But mm-hmm. like, I thought it looked really pretty, and it was not as stupid questy as I thought it might be. It's a pretty short movie, and like, let me be honest with you guys, I love the Nutcracker. I love the Nutcracker music, yeah. like I mentioned. The same, my mom went to see Bohemian Rhapsody, and she's like, 
it's not a very good movie, but I love Queen, so I enjoyed it. And it's like, I, it's kind of hard for me to not enjoy a movie that has wall-to-wall soundtrack adapting the Nutcracker music. Uh-huh. So like, I, so I, I genuinely kind of liked it. Now, would I go out and tell people to watch it? No, not necessarily. But it's a, it's similar to uh, to uh, Sherlock Gnomes. If my son was like, I really want to see this movie, I'd be like, all right, sure. Like, it's not my first choice, but I'll let, I'll allow it. So yeah, yeah. I, but I, was really uh, I guess I guess like, we won't watch was... the master together. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Sammy. I was really hoping that we that we would see Phantom Thread. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I no. We can watch this colorful adventure movie. I did remember a thing I liked. I liked when they have defeated uh, the uh, Kieran Knightley and uh, the Nutcracker <laughs> Captain and the Mi- Mouse King are celebrating. And uh, Captain Hoffman's like, she did it. She saved us. And the mice are instead throwing mouse rinks up in the air like he did it. <laughs> like <he's, laughs> he won the day for everybody. It's pretty great. Uh, yeah. It's, okay. It's the, it's the Walter getting thrown in the air of the Muppets. And speaking you're like, of, what did he do? And speaking of throwing Walter in the air. I want to take a little second and talk about the Max Fun Drive, guys. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, as I said, before, I only have two. I only have two problems with that segue. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, save it for the end. Enough. Put in the footnotes. Uh, we're gonna. <laughs> so, uh, I, as I mentioned last time on the Flophouse, uh, when talking about the about Max Fun, uh, joining the network's been a big deal for us. Um, it feels like uh having we did this podcast for a long time and it's the first time that we like really felt like we were part of something kind of larger than just three weirdos sitting in dan's apartment uh stinking like popeyes and beer and now we're part of a larger family uh that is full of great existing shows long-running shows like ours and others um and also it's a place that actively goes out and uh develops new content um, that isn't just three uh, middle-aged white guys talking about pop culture like us. Um, and and the- it's and it's not just the same people spinning out new stuff. It's like they're, they're going out to find new people who are doing in, like new interesting things with podcasts and, and deserve a wider audience. Exactly. Um, and for me, it's, uh, it's extra important because a few years ago, Part of the Max Fun Drive involved us doing a crossover episode where we record an episode uh, of the Adventure Zone where we play D and D, and that uh, forced me to go back and pick up a hobby that I hadn't done for a lot of years. And uh, since then, not only have we recorded a bunch of uh, extra episodes of me forcing you guys to play D and D with me or similar type role playing games. But also, it's something that I've been doing more in my own life. Uh, so that's a personal, totally selfish reason that I like the Max Fun Drive. Um, and it's also great for you um, because, you know, you get to support this great content and encourage creators that hopefully you like and uh, give them opportunities to explore either more of what they're already doing or explore other cool stuff. Yeah. And it's good because uh, we've said it before, but it bears repeating. Most of the money that comes in through donation goes directly to the shows that you listen to when you sign up to be a supporter. Uh-huh. Uh, you, cho- you choose the shows you listen to, and the money gets funneled towards those shows. So so you're directly supporting art and artists you like. And I don't want to be a downer, but uh, you know, it's also like 
hard to do this show sometimes with three people scheduling. Elliot has uh, kids. Uh, Stuart has yeah. business. I have something going on, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> Stuart yeah, has laundry business. to fold. And so between all of that and like just the ravages of time, it can get hard to do the podcast. <laughs> and uh, I don't, so I don't want to so like sound Dan, like. What, Dan, what Dan's saying is we're all going to die someday. So in order sure. to make it so that we spend these precious moments on a podcast, <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. Helps that we're, it helps that it helps us to survive. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to sound you force, like. Why don't force us to watch Nutcracker in the Four Realms and stuff? <laughs> I don't want to sound like I'm extorting the listeners, but uh, it helps to get paid. So that's, You are that's merely a good thing. exhorting the listeners. Yeah. To go to maximumfund.org slash donate now and not put it off any longer yeah. and help and, support us. And if you can afford to be a monthly supporter, we really appreciate it. And if you're already a supporter, obviously, thank you. Without you guys, we couldn't do this. Um, and uh, you can consider upgrading because there's a ton of really great uh, gifts out there. Yeah. Uh, and I, we should mention uh, we don't want to spend too much time promoting this because we want to have Max Fun Drive. We do have new live shows coming up. Go to our website and you can find them. Right, Dan? Yeah. Uh, I actually, for once, updated the events page. So all of the upcoming shows are on there. So that that p- good behavior deserves a positive reward. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Buy a ticket and support me being professional for once. Mm-hmm. Or at least just check out the, the page. Okay. Or just send Dan a treat. So that's at <laughs> flophousepodcast.com slash events. You'll, uh, you'll see that there. We'll tell you more about those in the next episode. But, uh, hey, so what do we do next on this show, guys? Uh, next, we do some letters from listeners. Listeners like the ones we're asking for money. Um, hey and- there, listeners. It's a very special letters song for the Max Fun Drive. We're driving into the future. We hope we won't need too many sutures. Driving into that future with that Max Fun Drive. It's the funnest drive that I can imagine. Funner than driving cross country. Funner than driving to the moon. Funner than driving through time to the past to 1955 where your mom wants to have sex with you. It was in a movie. I didn't make that up. It's from Back to the Future. And he drove in a car to the past. But the title of the movie says future. It's very, very confusing. So, hey. Instead of using that confusing movie, why don't you go to the website that we mentioned before, MaximumFun.org slash donate. It's great. Hey, and uh, there you can, wait, hold on, wait, wait, wait. You can drive with us in a car called Friendship. Hey, uh, uh, hey Elliot, can you hear me? It's, uh, yes, Clem, of course. It's uh, Clem Fandango. Yes, I can hear you, Clem Fandango. <laughs> did, you, did you really need that second very? <laughs> <laughs> I'll try it again. I'll try it again. Hey, listeners, no, no. a very special no, no. Max Fun Drive oh, Letters no. song. Hey, now it's the spoken word part of the song. Okay, the spoken you know, word part. Pr- pr- what? <laughs> there are times when people huh. need letters. They need to drop the fetters of the workaday world and put on letters. That's right. Put on your letters. Wear them like clothes. Don't go outside. You look like a weirdo. People will run away, and you'll have to say, hey, they're just letters to the flop house that I'm wearing like clothes. So okay. just do it on the in- just do it when you're indoors. Okay. Uh thanks. So this first you're letter. Welcome, Dan. You're very welcome. You're so welcome. You're so, so, so welcome. I welcome Jesus you. Christ. Which is not great. 
because Dan is a vampire and I'm safe unless I welcome him in, but I just did it. Oh no, Dan, please don't bite me in my sleep. Okay, well, I just got an update from Max Fun. It seems like all our donors uh, revoked their donations, so... No! Was it because of my singing? (laughs) Was it because of the bells that are ringing in your ears when you hear my mellifluous voice? Because you have a choice to buy a Rolls Royce. Uh, Okay. uh, No. Wait. Stop. <laughs> Wait, hold on. No. Uh, also another rhyme. Bad. Uh, Bad. Joyce. James Joyce. Okay, done. <laughs> okay, this one's from Ian Last Name Withheld. Okay. Who writes, hey, Peaches, okay. I've been meaning Ian to send Mackay. this. Okay. Or Fugazi. Uh-huh. Or Fugazi. <laughs> okay. I've been meaning to send this email for a long time, so here I am finally doing it. Look at me go. I just wanted to say thank you on behalf of myself and to anyone else out there in the same situation as me. I struggle with depression, and your podcast is usually the one thing I binge when I'm guar- that's guaranteed to make me smile when I'm having a tough day. Lately, between college and school, things have been hectic, and listening between college and school, things have been hectic. Uh, Dan, and- the guy's already having trouble. <laughs> you don't need to pile on, okay? <laughs> things have been hectic, and listening to you goofballs make fun of genuinely terrible movies never fails to put a smile on my face. Elliot, I'm also getting a children's book published soon and sharing in your excitement. Oh. Congratulations. Always makes me grin. <laughs> I hope it's not horse meets frog. Stuart. He's ripping me off. Okay. <laughs> shut this guy down. Stuart, your one-liner jokes and chill dude attitude never fail to make me laugh. Oh, that's good. Dan, as a fellow deep sire, I feel you, man. Also, I hella relate to you and your honesty about your personal life. It's uh, It has once brought me to tears over how much I related to it. To help justify this email, here's a question. What piece of media, be it a movie, an album, a book, or something else entirely, never fails to make you smile? What's your go-to feel-good thing? Thanks again for all you've done for me and the other floppers out there fighting with mental illness. Ian, last name withheld. Go-to happy stuff. I'll start because Stuart's on his phone and Elliot's looking off into the distance, pu- scratching up, his head. I'm pulling up my feel-good. I mean, uh, Dan, I'm... You were you were literally talking, and I was waiting for you to finish before I said anything. I apologize that I wasn't sitting here intently staring at the image on my screen of your face, so totally focused and ready, like a like a marathon runner or like a sprinter, like Usain Bolt at the at the starting line, just ready, muscles tensed and coiled, ready to leap into action like the spring of a watch. Uh-huh. When you when your mouth stopped moving, I apologize that I glanced away at the beauty of the Silver Lake Reservoir. <laughs> And it's a gorgeous day out, and so, I'm stuck uh, inside talking to you, Yahoos. So, <laughs> I'm, and that, my head had an itch. I'm sorry, Dan. My head had an itch. Should I just be like a Buckingham Palace guard and not move a fucking muscle because I have to be so ready, so ready in case what you you call on me in a moment, a moment's notice, so we can't have a single <laughs> microsecond of dead air? I'm sorry, Dan. I'm sorry that I looked away from your beautiful face for a moment. That I wasn't so entranced by the glory of your visage that I dared to have the temerity to look at the beauty of God's nature in front of me. Admittedly, the Silver Silver Lake Reservoir is a man-made reservoir. It's not a real natural lake. But that I had the gall to briefly remove a source of physical irritation from my head by scratching an itch. Lord, forgive me. Lord Dan, God above, that I was not so enamored and so concentrated on you that I could not... Finish my own physical needs. Okay, I apologize. Mia culpa, mia culpa. So, Elliot. Uh, so, so Dan, if uh, just for your reference, that's how you do an apology. Okay, <laughs> Elliot. 
I just want to say thank you for the compliments about my face. So yes. uh, uh, <laughs> I, uh, I'm glad you got. I'm glad you got what I was laying down. That you picked up what I was putting down there. There are a couple things that. So came, Dan, uh, go yeah. ahead. Tell us about what makes you smile. Now uh, that you have ruined my day. <laughs> Well, your mock anger is one of my top things, but um, let's see. I I was going to say, this sounds like log rolling for the MaxFun Network and The Drive, but uh, certainly after my divorce, when I was feeling down, I re-listened to the entire run of uh, My Brother, My Brother, and Me, and that always cheers me up, listening to those goofballs. And also, on the subject of goofballs, I... <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say something about like <laughs> drugs. Yeah, that was the way that I was like on the subject of goofballs. I enjoy taking goofballs. <laughs> they make me feel better. No, on the subject of goofballs, uh, I really enjoy Marx Brothers movies. Those will always put a smile on my face no matter what's going on. Mm-hmm. You love them all. Your favorites. Room service. The big store. <laughs> That's right. Go West. Go West. Yeah. Actually, I will love say Love Happy. Well, my 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 love happy. My son and I have been watching them all in chronological order, and we just watched at the circus, and it was much funnier than I remembered it being. Yeah, no, that one's okay, I, but it's pretty I much. I forgot the, that it had the second inexplicable racist Harpo song. Oh where no, he becomes the uh, where he becomes the divine Pied Piper of African Americans. But uh, but it was a much funnier movie than I thought it was. Yeah, it's got it's got its moments. Yeah. Okay. So I have three songs on my Feel Good Smiley Times playlist. Okay. These are guaranteed smiles. Uh, we got <laughs> <laughs> we got World Destruction by Time Zone. <laughs> one by one by Immortal. That one in particular, like they spend like they spend like three minutes whipping your ass and then uh then they kind of change the tempo on you, and then mm. uh, a bath do Macalta, okay. you know the uh, the like king of the snow juggalos. Uh, mm-hmm. He just lets out this fucking laugh, and you're like, "Oh man, I better buckle my seatbelt. We're going to Blasherk <laughs> now." You know, Stewart is staring intently at, at me during this whole thing, as if I know what he's talking. Yeah, you about. know what I'm talking about, Dan. <laughs> uh, and then uh, the third one is uh, is uh, Terrence Trent Darby's uh, "Wishing Well." Okay. <laughs> uh. I'll have to say, uh, for me, the thing I go to is the movie Singing in the Rain. That always makes me happy, and I return to it even just in my memories When I sometimes when I need to pick me up. Uh, it's just like a movie that is like just pure catnip to me, Singing in the Rain. Uh, also, you know, there's— Also uh, pure catnip. <laughs> the what? Also pure catnip. <laughs> yeah, well, I, yeah, I, I, was, I was actually— Pure Im- uncut catnip, the good stuff. <laughs> I was imagining Elliot with the DVD box of Singing in the Ring, rubbing his face <laughs> against it, <laughs> rolling over so his belly is exposed, just going nuts. Just pure catnip. And uh, this isn't exactly the same as Smiles, but whenever I need a real, like, spirit pick-me-up, I often go to the uh, sequence in— Amazing Spider-Man number 33, is it? Where Spider-Man is trapped under all those machines and he has to build up the, the strength in himself to lift them off of him. And the way, the thing that does it is remembering how much his aunt is it needs him and his connection to other people. And that's always something that when I'm feeling low, it doesn't necessarily, it's not necessarily like puts a goofy smile on my face, but it always makes me feel a little inspired. So that's a shout out to the late Stanley and Steve Ditko for, for crafting that. It always affects me. Uh, all right. So this next letter is from Stephen, last name withheld. Uh, Spielberg. Yeah, it's directed. 
Thanks for mentioning the Sugarland Express today in your podcast, guys. <laughs> How do you know? It hasn't even been released yet. It it's is a good movie. It's underrated. Well. This is uh, this is directed at Elliot. It says every time Elliot mentions his new book, I reflexively Horse meets dog available in stores now. Yeah, I reflexively think it's about a dog that is owned by someone named Horsemeat. What a terrible name for a character in a children's book, I think, before realizing my mistake. That being said, can you write a children's book called Horse Meets Dog? It would make a perfect gift for my increasing number of friends and family that insist on procreating. Thanks. I mean, I would probably not give it that title because it would be very easy to confuse with the book I already have out, which is called Horse Meets Dog, about a horse that meets a dog. If you're looking for gifts for small children, it can't be beat. Uh, but, you know, I'll think about it. I do, I, you know, I'm right now... Uh, I, I don't know if I'm, if I'm supposed to announce the title of it, but I do have another book that's going to come out hopefully next year mm-hmm. that you can get for kids, but is it has it, a different title. Is it the novelization of Episode Nine, A Star Wars Adventure? <laughs> yep, it is. Is it the novel? That's the book I have. Is this the novelization the no- of Horse, Horse Meets Dog? <laughs> you expanded <laughs> yeah, it into a full... I expanded it into a... I did a lot of world building. I expanded yeah. it into a volume one of what I think will be a World of Time style a uh, ten wheel, uh, of uh, wheel of time style ten volume series I think mm-hmm. so uh, but like gonna, uh, like if Wheel of Time was written by Faulkner <laughs> yeah exactly exactly it's going to be very uh, very radical very experimental okay moving on this uh-huh. next letter is from Paul last name withheld who Brudeau. writes he writes from <laughs> Auckland New Zealand he writes greeting fellow alumni of Old Flop U mm-hmm. this next question is mostly aimed at Stuart mm. Hey, Stu. In the hot seat. Hey, Stu. Yep. Pause for response. Uh-huh. What's up? So, Stu. <laughs> yep. What's going on with your hair? Pause again for response. I mean, mm-hmm. if the Stuart of 10 years oh, Dan, ago. You, Dan, you didn't really pause for the response. I, I there. know, but it would be weird yeah, if yeah, I. You're just. It would be weird if I read the last part of it after Stuart actually responded. So, uh-huh. I'm rolling uh-huh. through. Okay, because it kind of feels like you're screwing up a David Mamet script where it's meant to be delivered in a very specific way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it continues. I mean, if the steward of 10 years ago saw a photo of Stuart from today, what do you think his response would be? Hmm. Many thanks, Paul. Oh, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, I think steward of 10 years ago would be impressed that my hair has continued to go pretty gray. Uh, and these two jokers aren't helping. (laughs) 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 All right. (laughs) Well, guys, ready to go hit the links? (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) I think if the steward of 10 years ago saw you say that, he would be like, forget it. (laughs) Give me a second. Um, I don't know. I think uh, the steward of 10 years ago uh, (laughs) had a lot of dumb opinions about a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. But, you know, uh, whatever. Um. So my hair, uh, yeah, I don't know. I feel like growing it out because I don't have a boss to, uh, other than Jesse Thorne, to, uh, you know, make uh, <laughs> to to make feel good, I guess. Uh, and I think me having this luscious, long, curly hair probably makes Jesse pretty happy, right? Yeah, he's fucking commenting on him all the time. Yeah, when he's not hanging out with your mom, he's <laughs> writing textbooks about Stewart's cool Mrs. Doubtfire look. No, no, when Jesse's hanging out with, and by hanging out, we should make clear, we mean sleeping with Dan's mom. <laughs> he, they mostly, a lot of the pillow talk is about Stewart's hair. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I just want to remind the listeners and my co hosts that my parents listen to this podcast. <laughs> oh, I, I yeah, mean, Dan, I'm just trying to give you something to talk to your parents about at the holidays. Okay. Uh, that's, that's gotta be weird. <laughs> it's extremely weird. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, 
I'm just, you know, trying to trying to be a chilled out dude with a lot of hair. <laughs> I got it. Might as well have it, you know? Mm-hmm. Plot that mean. <laughs> I know there's not like, there's no tragic backstory there. It's not like, uh-huh. like, like my, like my longtime barber died. And <laughs> this is the only way that I can deal with my grief is by growing my hair out. Uh-huh. Or, uh, I don't know. Well, is is the hair isn't the source of your strength? Yeah, or you didn't, uh, there was no like reverse Lex Luthor uh, accident. Uh, I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> Wait, are you? Does that mean that like all humans have reverse Lex Luthor accidents, <laughs> where all humans grow hair except That's the right. ones who don't? I understand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. So there's no, there's no secret. It's just you know. Uh, I like to look good. Okay, <laughs> great. Hey, uh, not great. to not to interrupt not not to interrupt Stewart's very elaborate uh, monologue about his hair. Uh, and I know this is rich coming from me, the guy who rambles on. But uh, Dan, I want to take a moment. I regret what I said about your mom, and I want to apologize to your mom and to you. Uh, but not to Jesse because he'd be he has a great family, but he'd be lucky to be able to land a woman like your mom, Dan. But you I know what? It. I should apologize. I went too far in having some fun with my bros, and I don't mean to hurt anyone's feelings. Thank you. Uh, so now we go on to the last segment. Well, not the last segment, because we're going to make one more pitch for Max Fun, but uh, the last segment, normally, where we talk about movies that we saw that we liked. And I'll go quick, because I don't have a lot to say. I've been very busy, haven't seen a lot of new movies, or any, pretty much. Uh, so I'm picking a movie out of the air, and I'm going to say, why not watch Jason and the Argonauts? It's great. Ray Harryhausen, so many great effects, and the the skeleton uh, sword fight is justly famous. I saw it again recently, and I'm like, holy shit, just think of the logistics that went into this. Uh, real actors interacting with model skeletons, painstakingly uh, stop-motioned. Uh, it's beautiful. Is there a, Watch that. I can't remember. Is there a post-credit sequence where his wife kills his children and flies off in a chariot into the sky with them? <laughs> uh, uh, I think they were leaving that for the sequel. Yeah. <coughs> uh, I'm going to recommend uh, a movie that I, I'm going to snatch it before anyone else can recommend it, but this is a strange time for me where I've actually seen a movie that came out this weekend, Whoa. and I'm going to recommend Jordan Peele's Us, which I don't know if, you were gonna wow. recommend, if you've seen that, Stuart. No, but, I've uh, seen it this week. What? I'm seeing it later in the week. Okay, I saw it last night, and uh, or was it? Yeah, no, the night before last. I'm sorry, it was Friday night. The moon was right. I had some fun. Show them how it's done. <laughs> TGIF. And I, what I mean is, thank God it's funny. I can't believe that by which I mean us. Daring to defy. <laughs> I was gonna make. I was gonna make fun of you uh, for caring enough to tell the people on the podcast the exact night you saw it, but then it led to that great Friday night thing. So <laughs> yeah, oh, it was thanks. hilarious. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, us, what, it was more that I had this weird moment of like, wait, what day is it? And I had to figure that out for myself. But thank you. Uh, us, what's to say about it? Uh, if you like to get out, you'll probably like us too. It's a real solid horror movie. It's got some laughs. Wait, it's got some scares. There's already and, an us too? <laughs> you know, and it may, just may, make you think. As, as I was walking out, I was talking about the sequel, Us Too, Them, which would be about the other us's. But, uh, there's already anyway, a bunch real of good. I recommend it. <laughs> yeah. The what? There's already a bunch of horror movies called Them. Um, and they're home and Yeah, I know. There's the one about big ants. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I am going to recommend a movie that I watched a couple of weeks ago for the first time uh, for my birthday. Thank you. Thank you. I'm I'm 39 years old now, guys. Uh, I 39 watched, years young, Stu. <clears throat> oh, thanks. That's what I tell everybody. Um, 
I watched uh, A Bigger Splash, directed by uh, Luca Guadagino, and... <laughs> Oh man, what's his? I can't remember his writing partner, but it's uh, it's the same uh, screenwriter who worked with him on uh, Call Me by Your Name and Suspiria. Uh, those were both movies that I loved, so I decided to go back and check out his filmography. Uh, a bigger splash is about a uh, rock star played by Tilda Swinton who is recovering from vocal surgery, so she goes on a vacation to an island off the coast of Italy, I believe, with uh, her boyfriend and. Uh, a ex ex friend and lover played by Rafe Fens and his uh, daughter played by Dakota Johnson show up uh, and uh, show up and kind of disrupt their idyllic uh, vacation. And it's, I don't know. It's uh it's a really tense movie. Uh, it plays out um, into a kind of horrific tragedy, spoiler alert. Um, and, but the way that they the movies made just like builds this world that similar to his other movies, Guadagino builds a world that like I just I get so absorbed in. And even if it like it it clearly goes it, it goes slowly. Uh, my wife fell asleep like five minutes in, um, and it I don't know. There's just something about the the world that he creates, and uh, yeah, I found it totally engrossing. Uh, a bigger splash. All right. Three movies. They are. Elliot, anything you want to say? Uh, I wanted to take a brief mention before we leave about just one more. Cue up the band. Final moment. It's the end of another Max Fun Drive episode, guys. And with that comes the Flophouse's contribution to the Max Fun Drive. And, you know, let's have a little Saturday Night Live end of the episode moment. Mm-hmm. The band is playing. But, um. Da, 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 but we're all going to hug each other uh, mm-hmm. and make the audience feel like they're part of some amazing party they've just enjoyed for an hour and a half uh, before we go out to our party that we do at the end of every episode, mm-hmm. whether it was a good episode or not. Anyway, enough SNL bashing. I mean, usually. Because uh, that's you know, what entertainment should be. It should feel like a private party that the people enjo- involved in are enjoying, and you are just kind of watching from the outside and being like, okay. And the flop house is the opposite of that. We're a party that everyone should feel a part of, especially – Maximum Fun members and supporters. Because if you're part of Maximum Fun, you are at that party. You're actually being part of the process, and you're actually being someone that we need and rely on. There's a reason that they're called supporters. It's because we rely on you for support. It's because you're supporting us, and you're keeping us up. Now, and I don't mean keeping us up in the bad way of your baby's crying at night and keeping <laughs> you up. I mean in the good way of, like, like steel Atla- supports, keeping up a At- beautiful building. Atlas holding the world on his shoulders. Uh-huh. Exactly. Uh some I don't like to talk about this aspect of it too much because I feel it feels a little bit too much like a heartstring tugging or and also uh, I don't know it, it feels like I'm crying poor when I should not be because I am a very lucky person and I feel like I'm I can support my family and that's great but I've come to really rely on the money from the Max Fund Drive to help me out to make sure that I can. Uh, support that family while also making the career choices that I hope to make. And so by being a Max Fund supporter, you are supporting both this podcast and also in a very selfish way, you are supporting me in making the creative choices that I hope to make and creating the kind of work that I hope to make outside of this podcast. And hopefully that's work that supporters this podcast also enjoy. So I hope you feel like you're getting two benefits out of it, this podcast and also the other things that I can do that I can use the income from this to support me on. So Anyway, 
If you want to, so I guess what I'm saying is, if you want to keep food in my children's mouths, then please. <laughs> wow. No, that's see, that's, that's the way I don't like to do it. A lot of pressure. Mm-hmm. But uh, doing the podcast is something that I always enjoy doing. It's great to be with Dan and Stuart and have a reason to talk with them regularly because I miss them very much. And doing the podcast and getting paid to do it is even more amazing. That this can be something that I consider what I do professionally is amazing. And it's all because of supporters like you, supporters who join up if you haven't, supporters who upgrade their monthly uh, levels uh, to help us give it even more support. It's something that like I cannot overstate what it means to me, and I'm sure these guys feel the same way. So please, if you can support us, go to MaximumFun.org slash donate. If you feel like you just can't afford it, that's totally cool, and I totally accept that, and it's totally fine. Do not feel that pressure. But if you're like, hey, you know what? I'm feeling a little flush these days, and I want to uh, pay for the content that I enjoy because content doesn't want to be free, unlike what Wired Magazine might say or whatever, uh, then we'd really appreciate it. (laughs) And I will thank you personally right now. Thank you. Insert your name here for supporting Maximum Fun. So I hope you enjoyed that personal thank you that was just for you. Max Fun supporter name here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's uh, your three favorite guys, Steely Dan, Deacon Stu, and I don't know, Kid Kayla Main. <laughs> Okay. okay. It's been sure, a yeah, Steely Dan Kayla fan man. cast. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I guess that's our sign off now. Uh, go to maximumfun.org. Check out the other shows. We've been talking a lot about the network. Mm-hmm. And uh, thanks for supporting us, or even thanks for just listening. Thanks for just, yeah, just the most, the biggest support you can give us, even beyond this, is listen, giving us your ears so that we're not just shouting into the void. We have no mouths, yet we must scream. And we're the monsters that shout love at the heart of the world and other Harlan Ellison references. Good night, everyone. Wait, 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 Dan. We should, we should, uh, we should also say uh, if you'd what? also like to support us, uh, give us a review on iTunes or whatever and tweet about us or yeah, blah, blah, blah. We, we should say that. Okay. Yeah, wait, yeah. Dan, should he say that? No, I, no. Okay. I refuse. Okay. Dan's vetoed it. Never mind. <laughs> cool. Okay. So uh, for the flop house, I've been Stuart Wellington. I've been Dan McCoy. And I'm Kid Kalamane. What's my <laughs> yeah. name now? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Kalamane. Yeah, you, All right. It's like Charlemagne, but with your name. Yeah, but you eat a lot of kale. All right. Good night, everyone. Yeah. Bye-bye. <laughs>why i'm singing like an old jewish man i mean i am a not yet middle-aged jewish man i mean if this was the middle ages you'd be like uh you'd be totally grown as they say right yeah good point good point if this was totally grown if if it was if this was centuries ago (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh which is what inspired the musical of your life so oh okay (laughs) all right guys let's get down to brass tacks yeah. Okay. Let's do this thing. The best kind of tax. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.